Welcome to 365 Christian Men, where every day we aim to inspire and encourage with real-life stories about men. January 8th, Jim Elliott. From the time he was a boy, Jim wanted to go abroad and tell people about Jesus. Now, you know learning languages was going to be high on his to-do list. So when Jim was 20 years old, he hitchhiked with a friend to Mexico and studied Spanish. Three years later, he joined Camp Wycliffe, where he studied linguistics and learned to break down native languages into written symbols. After a few more years, he made it to Ecuador and spent three years learning the Shandia language. But Jim also wanted to reach the Waodani tribe who lived deep in the jungle so he learned their language from a woman who had left the tribe. On this date, in 1957, while Donnie warriors ambushed Jim and his fellow missionaries and speared them to death, Jim had a gun, but he refused to shoot the natives. You often have to choose. Do what's loving or do what's safe. Choose eternal. Deep in the Amazon jungle, the Waodani tribe lived as if it were still in the Stone Age. For hundreds of years, they met all intruders, from conquistadors to gold hunters, with spears. In 1955, oil companies with soldiers invaded the territory, and the Waodani retaliated. They killed the oil company's employees. Now, rumors abounded, plans for the military to eradicate the Waodani nuisance. In nearby Shandia, 28-year-old Elliot and his fellow missionaries prayed for a chance to contact the Waodani before the military could attack and wipe out the natives. One day, a Waodani girl fled the tribe and befriended missionary Rachel Saint. As the trust in their relationship grew, the girl taught Rachel and the rest of the team some simple phrases from the tribe's hidden language. Seeing a window of opportunity to reach the tribe, Jim organized a plan and put it into action. In a small plane, for 13 weeks, the missionaries flew over the village in tight circles, dropped a rope, and dangled a bucket of gifts like rock salt and buttons. With a loudspeaker, they broadcast simple phrases of friendship the girl had taught them. We like you. We are your friends. Pretty soon, the Waodani responded by putting gifts in the bucket for the missionaries. Ecstatic and full of hope, the missionaries planned for the men to have a face-to-face -face meeting with the natives. Of course, there was danger. These people had never welcomed outsiders. Jim, his friends, and their wives talked about the possibility that the men would not return, but they believed the only way to convince the Waodani that Jesus loved them was to avoid violence. So, the missionaries took a vow. They would not use violence. When the time came, Jim Elliott, Ed McCulley, Roger Udarian, Nate Saint, and Pete Fleming headed out. On a sandbar near the Waodani village, the men set up camp. Soon, three Waodani made a friendly visit to their camp, a sign to the missionaries that their plan to befriend the tribe was working. Then, a few days later, on January 8, 1957, two Waodani women stepped out of the jungle, a disarming distraction from what was about to happen. Suddenly, 
loud and angry warriors with spears surrounded the missionaries. Jim fired warning shots into the air, but he refused to shoot the warriors. They rushed him, speared him, killed him, killed them all. At 4.30 that afternoon, the wives of the missionaries waited for a scheduled radio check-in, but it never came. The rescue party discovered four bodies, all speared to death. A fifth body was later recovered downstream. Jim Elliott and his friends gave what they couldn't keep to gain what they could not lose. Two years later, Jim's young widow, Elizabeth, continued Jim's work in the Stone Age village of her husband's killers. And it wasn't long before the Waodani asked why Jim hadn't shot them. They didn't understand his choice to freely give up his life until they heard about another man, Jesus, who had willingly given up his life. The rescue party found Jim's journal. In the last entry, he wrote, Perhaps, in mercy, he shall give me a host of children, i.e. converts. But if not, if only I may see him, touch his garments, and smile into his eyes, ah then, not stars nor children shall matter, only himself. Jim Elliot really believed scripture passages like Luke 9:24. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. He not only believed it, he lived it. Elliot emptied himself and spent everything he had so that he might gain eternity. It's like Jesus said in Luke 16:9, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Take a moment to think about what you hold on to most tightly. Can you keep it forever? You often have to choose. Do what's loving or do what's safe. Choose eternal. Thank you for listening to today's story. Every day of the year, our hope is to inspire you with real-life stories of faithful men who have gone before us. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Join us tomorrow for another story at 365christianmen.com.